Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to No Filler, I'm Quentin. And I'm Travis. And we're kicking off this What You Heard with a brand new single from Krongbin and Leon Bridges. This song is called B-Side. Justice, your pillow. Waiting for your love. You in other ways. In another place. All I'm thinking of. Just can't get enough. Solid track from Texas Native Skew. Yeah, what an awesome marriage of of music. Yeah, so if you remember um, back in 2020, Krongbin and Leon Bridges put out Texas Sun, which was a little EP that had a, a bunch of attention and a bunch of success. It was a great, great little EP. Texas Sun, the song, I think we played it on the show. Yeah. Um, and we just talked about. You know, basically, you know, it was about 
they were all on the road touring and stuff and and they were just you know the song was about missing texas right so it was like a nostalgic like longing for for your hometown kind of feel yeah so now obviously texas moon the perfect title for the follow-up uh it's kind of following the same the same uh themes right i'm reading an interview here on vulture.com and they were asking the group um you know what what made you decide to join forces again and leon says honestly getting together with krong ben and making music have been some of my favorite experiences as far as being in a studio so it was just about getting back together with the family and making good art and uh, dj johnson says also i think all of us being collectively from texas when we get in the studio with Leon, it's that same feeling that you have when Thanksgiving rolls around and all of your cousins come over and you get to hang out with all your cousins. Leon is like a cousin. So it just sounds like like a match made in heaven kind of thing. Yeah, it's great. And like, you know, if you, if you're from Texas and you, and you come across, I mean, I've always lived in Texas, so I can't really speak to this, but cute. If you meet somebody in Washington and you find out that person is from Texas don't you feel some sort of a connection to him or her? Yeah, in some in some way, yeah, it's there. <laughs> you know, even if you didn't actually grow up together, yeah, you've you've got that yeah, connection. You've got some sort of collective ex- experience. You know, that's what it sounds like with with, with these guys. You know, I think they toured together. Uh, you know, Le- Leon is from Fort Worth, Krongben is from Houston, so match made in heaven, dude. They they make such great music together. I like this quote here from from bassist Laura Lee. She says, it feels really special to me. It's not Krongbin, it's not Leon, it's this world we created together. All right, well, that's a good way to kick us off here, Q. So this is our second What You Heard of 2022. And if this is your first What You Heard, basically it's just a mixtape, is what we like to call it, monthly mixtape, where we each bring five tracks to the table of music that we've been listening to lately. That's basically it, right? So it's just an excuse to listen to a bunch of tunes, hear a bunch of different types of music. At least that's the hope, right? Sometimes it's pretty pretty consistent and similar, but um, I've got a pretty good mix. I think the vibes of mine all go really well together, but I'm kind of all over the place too as far as like uh, era and uh, genre. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep us on our toes a little bit here, Q. But I am going to kick us off because you, you kicked us off last month. So that's how it works, man. You know, fair is fair. Fair is fair. So Q, I didn't realize this, but back in May of 2021, this group uh, put on a surprise debut performance at Clastonbury Festival, May of 2021, and released two singles this year. The band is called The Smile. And it consists of Tom York, Johnny Greenwood, and Tom Skinner, who is the drummer for Sons of Kemet, which is like a jazz group. So it's kind of like a super group. But basically, obviously, Greenwood and York of Radiohead. I, I almost don't have to say that, right? <laughs> right. But, um, you know, basically, the, the music came out of a desire for uh, Greenwood and York to basically work together during the lockdown and yeah and so they're going to put out a full length record produced by take a guess q oh uh i forget his name but Ni- nigel Godrich. Ni- Ni- yeah nigel godrich awesome 
I, yeah, I, I didn't know about this. I haven't heard any of this stuff. Yeah, so of course the music is great because it's Tommy York and, and Johnny Greenwood, right? Um, so yeah, there's a couple of singles out. I'm going to play the latest single, and this single is called The Smoke. cool to hear tom york singing you know on a song that's that's nothing like radiohead otherwise right like that bass line that that drum beat yeah and you know not something you're gonna hear on a radiohead album right and and, you know there's plenty of tom york music to listen to um out there you know that isn't anything like radiohead stuff so this is kind of more the same but you've got johnny um doing the guitar and the bass and all that kind of stuff right there with him but yeah it doesn't it doesn't really sound like a radiohead song i mean their sound has changed quite a bit over the years you know yeah some of the stuff on moon shaped pull had i think like a similar kind of vibe but it was a really dark album and the two stuff that i've heard from the smile is a little bit more i mean it's kind of all over the map you'll have to listen to um the other single that they put out it's called you will never work in television again and it's a little bit more like punk rockish some of the stuff that they played um during this festival was described as math rock, which could be really interesting. Interesting. So either way, uh, yeah, something to definitely pay attention to and be on the lookout for is when the record comes out. I don't know if it has a release date, but again, there's two singles out. 
at the moment. So check those out. But yeah, I love um, the baseline was killer, right? I actually said it kind of reminded me of a Krong bin baseline. Yeah, it does. A um, lot. Drums are great. But I love that 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 switch that happens in that song where it kind of goes into this different part that's really kind of like soft and kind of like flowy, you know? I like oh, yeah. how they sort of, how he snuck that in there. And I'm sure lots of thanks has to go to Nigel Godridge. You know, anything he touches is amazing. Still to this day, my favorite Beck album is Sea Change. All right, Q, I'm going to pass it to you. What's your first pick for us here? All right, man. So this artist I just discovered recently, uh, she goes by Greenhouse. Uh, it's actually just uh, the music of Olive Artizoni. And um, I've heard one album of hers. It's called Music for Living Spaces. Most of it is instrumental. It kind of reminds me of... Um, did you ever listen to that one artist? His name escapes me at the moment. But he had like that... It was like music for houseplants or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, I know. I, I know. I, I recognize... Like I can see the album art in my, in my head. Wasn't it kind of like Mort, jazzy? Mort Garson. Uh, it was kind of like... Um, or like experimental. It's kind of like Wendy. What was the the Tron original Tron? Oh, Wendy Carlos. Yeah, kind of like Wendy Carlos stuff. But okay, so synthetic or yeah, synthesizers, synth- stuff, early synthesizer stuff. Yeah, early synthesizer stuff. But Moogs. Yeah, um, this for whatever reason gives me the same vibes, and you know I listened to this whole album and I got all the way to track eight if I remember before I heard her voice and I thought. I, you know, I didn't know <laughs> that she sang. Um, and this song just blew me away. So, again, the artist is Greenhouse. The album is Music for Living Spaces. And this song is called Find Home.
beautiful. I love it, man. Beautiful, yeah. So reminded me of um, Dolores O'Rourdean of the Cranberries. Her vo- voice. Oh yeah. In, in in some ways, but but more so maybe like. I think this was last month's What You Heard. I brought a song from this shoegaze group called Ariel, and it had this really pretty, breathy vocalist performing Stella Tran. That's her name. Very ethereal. Yeah. And I I love it when those kind of vocals are paired with things like shoegaze or paired with things like, you know, even stuff like um, Massive Attack has, you know, they they, they tapped... uh, the singer from Cocktail Twins to perform on a couple of tracks. Um, so anyway, yeah, good stuff, man. I really, so, so that's called Greenhouse. Greenhouse is the name of, so actually, um, Olive is, is non-binary, non-binary. So yeah, they, that's their, um, that's the name that they go by Greenhouse. It's all Olive. Um, and, Yeah, it says here, Music for Living Spaces is a step forward for Greenhouse. Artizoni states, The intention of this project is to facilitate the connection between humans and nature instead of perceiving nature as something that's separate from us or outside of our homes. We can recognize nature as something that is within us and in everything we do in our our daily lives. You don't need to have access to the great outdoors to feel connected to the environment. So yeah, you get this like sense of like calm. It's very like meditative, like the the majority of this album. And again, Olive doesn't start singing until track eight, and there's only nine tracks. So like, I wasn't expecting any vocals, you know. And and when I when I heard them sing, like just beautiful, dude. It like it it just like stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, man. That, dude, I'm all about songs that stop you in your tracks and make you pay attention. Yeah, that's one of them. Where it's like you have to, you have to, you know, slow down. And maybe that's kind of what they're saying. This is about slowing down and sort of like taking in yep. nature and stuff like that. Yep. And that's you know that song is something you can kind of like meditate to. Absolutely. Know? Yeah. The whole album's like that. Very cool. So again, that is Greenhouse. The album is Music for Living Spaces. And I'm going to pass it back to you, brother. What you got? All right, Q. Well, last week we talked about. Polaris and music that was featured on the Nickelodeon show, The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Well, here's another track, Q, <laughs> that was featured on that show. Awesome. So I found a handy Spotify playlist that has all of the bands that have been featured on the show and nice. the songs. Nice. So if you've been watching some of the early episodes, then you'll probably recognize this guitar riff because it shows up in like several episodes just this intro guitar. Um, but here's the rest of that song. So this band is called The Sixths, as in the number six. And it is a side project uh, by Stephen Merritt, which is the um, the founder of the band The Magnetic Fields, which I've heard of but never really gotten into. Uh, so he did this little side project and... On this record, he wrote the music for everything, but only did, you know, he only he only sang on one track. So he brought in a bunch of like guest vocalists for the rest of the song. So this particular song that I'm going to play features vocals by a guy named Dean Wareham. 
and he is a musician and an actor who formed the band Galaxy 500 in 1987, which Galaxy 500 is... Yeah, they're like a dream pop. Yeah. Shoegaze group. So here we go. So uh, as we mentioned, there are a lot of great shoegaze acts and like indie bands and stuff like that that were featured on The Adventures of Pete and Pete, which is probably why we like that kind of music so much. Yeah, we just didn't even realize it. Early age, yeah. (laughs) So here we go. This song is called Falling Out of Love With You by The Sixths. going to be a soft spot in my heart for like just that classic pop music right like i mean like music that's really been unchanged since like the 60s right like since the beatles here's the thing man we actually learned about this term when we were talking about beach fossils you're talking about twee okay yeah i love it dude i love that kind of stuff yeah and it it sounds kind of like the beach fossil stuff i guess what i'm trying to say is like you can tell that a lot of dream pop bands from the 2010s were influenced by this style of indie music that was coming out in the 90s, right? Yeah. It makes total sense. So I didn't, I, I'm, again, dude, like I just said, learn something new every day. I learn something new every minute <laughs> on this show. So um, obviously, we talked about Polaris extensively last week and how their music appears throughout the show. Apparently, um, a lot of music from this guy Stephen Merritt shows up not just this song but songs from the magnetic fields and another side project of his show up throughout the series so there you go so it's it's you know safe to say that the creator of Pete and Pete Will McRobb was obviously a fan of this guy's music too right 
Man, Will must have like such love, probably still to this day, for that show. Because, I mean, think about it. That was probably one of the last times he really got to have that much control over a show that he created. Yeah, and like we're, we're kind of assuming that, that he handpicked every song. I mean, maybe not. But we know for a fact that he approached Mark Mulcahy of of uh, Miracle Legion. Right. You know, and then that's how Polaris came to be. So we know he was a fan of this kind of music, right? So it's not it's not a stretch to think that he picked a lot of the songs that appeared, right? And this song, just heard it for the first time now, The Falling Out of Love With You, the song we just heard, it feels nostalgic to me. I could <laughs> I can hear it and I you know, I can picture Pete and Pete and it's perfect. I mean, you'll hear it now, dude. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll recognize it in a bunch of scenes. Yeah. Um Anyway, so again, that song was called Falling Out of Love With You by a band called The Sixths. That was great. Passing it back to you. All right, man, I'm going to bring some, um, I guess you could call this bedroom pop, maybe. You know, we like to throw that that one around a a bit here. It's coming, dude. Bedroom (laughs) pop is making a huge comeback. Yeah. Or has it has it has it ever left? Right, that's the real question. I really I don't think it has, man. But so yeah. this is a a, a trio, three piece from Los Angeles. Uh, they go by Cryo Geyser, and um, what I like about this stuff, so it is kind of like that that kind of dream pop, or not dream pop. It's kind of like that bedroom pop kind of vibe, you know, DIY kind of sound. Um, but like, there's a little bit of a grunge slightly shoegazy vibe to like the tone of their guitar and the and the riffs um anyways really good stuff dude i i just got into them so there's a lot a lot of of releases from them that i i still need to dive into but this is an album of theirs uh from 2021 so just last year uh called time tethered together it's actually all one word but time tethered together Uh, I'm going to play track three off the record. This song is called Nature.
want more of it. Uh, dude, I'm a sucker for a well-placed uh, tambourine or oh, shaker yeah. or whatever the hell. It's oh, yeah, dude. That's perfect. that's when I was hooked, man. Dude, <laughs> anytime I hear that, when it's when it's well-placed like that, immediately, you know, uh, you've got my attention. Yeah, you know? yeah. From then on, you've got my attention. And I can't believe I'm going to bring up this group again, but I was getting some Strawberry Switchblade vibes. Hmm. And that's an 80s group, right? Yeah. Strawberry Switchblade. A, yep. Yeah. Totally. And they were more of like a duo, right? Like a Yeah, it was just two. It was two singers, yeah. Yeah. So this is a this is one person singer-songwriter? No, dude. It's a whole group? It's a trio. I said that earlier. Okay, okay. Yeah. I mean, usually when I think of bedroom pop, I think of one person. Yeah. Okay, so cryogenesis. Wait, what are they Cryo geyser. Cryo geyser, yeah. <laughs> Cryo geyser. Yeah, dude, that was great. And a lot of these songs are, like I said, a little bit more on the on the grungy side. Like this one's the more okay. the more uh upbeat's not the right word. But well now you got my full and undivided attention. You got me you got me because I like that song a, a lot. If they're also throwing down grunge tunes, then I'm all about it. There's some like it's like you know jangly guitars mixed with like a little more grungy kind of riffs, which is well, yeah yeah really great. Grunge is is making a comeback, man. All right, man, pass it back to you, sir. I th- I think that's a good segue, or at least us talking about a slightly heavier type of of rock music. I'm gonna do a 180 a little bit here, because that is the role that i play for what you heard episode <laughs> you play it really well so this band we actually talked about and featured them on our doom gaze episode so i've been listening to them pretty extensively lately because um they're just amazing so it's this group called spotlights i played a song called under the earth off of their 2017 record seismic on our doom gaze episode Um, And I'm going to play something off of their next album called Love and Decay. So let me give you a little bit of a background real quick, because I I don't know how much I touched on kind of who these who these guys are. But it's a husband and wife duo, which I didn't realize. It's a guy named Mario who plays guitar, synths and vocals and bass player Sarah Quintero. That's almost you and your wife's name combined. That's weird, too. dude. <laughs> Sarah Quintero, <laughs> bass guitar. She also does background vocals. And then they have a drummer that joined. But they're just really great, man. And as we covered extensively on that episode, Doom Gaze is what you think it is. It takes the elements of Doom Metal and combines it with elements of Shoe Gaze. And it's amazing. And really, that's all you need to know. I mean, right? what's not to like about those two yeah. genres? Exactly. So here we go. This song is called Xerox.
That is what I'm looking for in a Doomgaze song, man. I don't think it gets any better than that. For me, like, you know, like, because I'm not, historically, I don't I don't really listen to a lot of metal, right? This, like, yeah, this brings me in just the right amount of level of, like, metal. And it's, and those just great right shoegaze vocals. Yeah. And uh, I loved the, the, the drum beat and the the bass uh kick the kick drum alongside that bass guitar man it was great really good yeah no i think you're right i think um you know and we kind of talked about this early doom gaze was almost more like um like noise metal almost like right it was like an offshoot of that kind of stuff but uh more modern doom gaze bands like like these guys and some of the other ones we talked about like Pinchy Slow. I really liked them too. Uh, it, you know, they they seem more like, oh yeah, I, I hear it. I hear the doom metal and I hear the shoegaze elements combined, right? Um, I think that the 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 early term, like when it was applied to, to, to groups, you know, that was like a, a term given to these groups. But these newer bands are are purposely doing it, right? Like they that's what they're they're out to make doom metal with shoegaze elements, right? Yeah. And these guys, yeah, like you said, dude, you could look up if they needed a song to play on like the Wikipedia page for Doomgaze, like this is perfect, right? Definitely. Because you, yeah, you hear it and you get it immediately. Yep. That's and let's credit the drummer because uh, like I said, the band is, is is you know, this husband and wife duo, but on that particular record, the drummer is named Chris Enriquez. Um, so they don't always have the same, same drummer? I think they pulled him in on a couple of tracks okay. on Seismic uh-huh. and maybe worked with some other drummers here and there. Cool. It's like, you know, this is mostly a project between the two, the, the husband and wife. Yeah. So. Anyway, if you love that, which you did, Q, go listen to Seismic all the way through and then listen to Love and Decay all the way through. Done. It is amazing. Like, it is it is one of my favorite records, probably. Awesome. These, these two uh, uh, of the last probably couple of years. So anyway, um, yeah. So, Doomgaze. I feel like this is a good gateway into metal for you, Q. I'm just going to put that out there. Because uh, there's some heavy just, stuff I've been on been dipping this my toes, dude. All right, Q. Where, where are you going to take us from here? This always falls on you to, to either keep it going or give us another 180. Because typically from a 180, you have to do another 180. I think right? it's going to be a happy medium, dude. Okay. And I'm bringing... So, I've brought up this group before. And I keep, I find myself revisiting their albums quite often. So this is, they're considered like one of the pioneers of, of synth pop music. Uh, and most of their releases early on were early 80s, like 81, 82, 83, very active in the 80s. Uh, Yellow Magic Orchestra is the name of the band. Um, I don't know if you remember, I brought a song of theirs when we had, when we had dad on, on the pod, um, I brought a song of theirs. I don't remember what, which one I brought. Most of the, uh, track names are in like Japanese script, but, um, anyways, I revisited one of their albums from 81 called BGM and man, they're, they're way ahead of their time, dude. 1981. Keep this in mind. Um, Oh crap! No, I'm not bringing one from BGM. I did. 
I did listen to BGM, but I'm not actually bringing a song because that re-listening to that album made me want to dive back into their other stuff. So anyways, I so I revisited an album of theirs from 1981 called Technodelic. And I actually found on Discogs, they have the names of the tracks translated. So this is track seven on the record. The song is called Gradated Gray. So yeah, like they were, you know, all that stuff was right around the corner, you know. Right. As far as like the synth pop stuff. Yeah. Reminds me of like uh, Gary Newman stuff. Yeah. From album to album, song to song, it's all very different, like experimental and weird. Like this one's the most like structured song, really. I mean, 
every now you know every few songs will be a little you know easy easily digestible but other songs on on these records are just really out there <laughs> so again that was yellow magic orchestra that song was called gradated gray i'm going to pass it back to you brother where are we going now okay this uh I, th- I feel like I've said this before about a group and like, it's kind of a weird statement, but like, this is a group that I'm, I'm still not sure where I land on them <laughs> as far as like, it's like, do I like this or not? I've heard, you know what? The last time you said that about a band, I think I took it back immediately. Yeah. I, I felt I was in I was love like, with I, the song. I took it back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was, you know, who that was for, that was for, um, Gorilla Toss. <laughs> it was from that Gorilla Toss song, Little Green Men. I still can't get enough of that song, man. Betty dreams of green men. That's yeah. Anyway. Um, so this group, this is an interesting little snippet that I read on them. This is their Spotify bio. There's a band called the glands and they're a nineties group. Now listen to this. They're from Athens, Georgia with the Athens, Georgia music scene receiving national press from the likes of REM and the B-52s, members of the Glands knew that they wanted to create something their hometown was known for. So instead of having a sound that resembled laid-back college rock or whacked-out party rock, members, and then they listed all the members, I'm not going to go through that, uh, the band shaped more of a darker, laid-back Britpop style that doesn't cross the line of dismal or brooding. So uh, I thought intriguing. that was interesting because we're who are we talking about next week? You we're talking about REM, talking about REM and their very first record. So these guys, I guess, wanted to make some some music that was different from some of these other groups that that the Georgia music scene was known for, which is the you know, this particular person listed out REM and the B52s. But anyway, I feel like this this song that I play. I, I was torn between two different uh, songs, but I'm going to play something off their first record called Double Thriller. I can hear some of the 2000s era indie rock being sort of like, this is sort of like maybe the precursor to it. So uh, here we go. This song is called $2 Wine by The Glands. Keep in mind, this is 1997. <laughs>
That was really cool, man. Just a good time, right? Yeah. Kind of took me places I wasn't expecting it to. Yeah, right. And like the the harmonizing right there in the in the uh, that was giving me t- some Beatles like two dollar wine. That was giving me some Beatles vibes. That's the Britpop thing that, that that I was talking about earlier. But what I was reminded of was at least vocally of um, the French Kicks, which is a mm. artist that we covered. Yeah, back in uh, back uh, last year. But you know that's two thousands era garage rock stuff, right? But um, yeah, they're kind of, like you said, it's like it's kind of like a mashup of a bunch of different stuff. At least that song is. In two thousand, they came out with a self titled record, and there was a couple tracks I was wanting to play from 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 that era. But that is, you know, they almost start to sound more garage rocky. And they even had the word "the" in front of their name, so they were right there, ready to go, <laughs> dude, with all those other bands. And that was just in time, man. Just in time, but yeah. So I mean, they you know they had been around since the nineties. That's great, mid nineties. But anyway. Uh, so again, that band was called The Glands. That song was called Two Dollar Wine off of their record Double Thriller. And I'm going to throw it back to you, Q. What else do you got for us? All right, man, you're going to love this one. So this is a artist. Her her name's Elizabeth, Elizabeth Powell, but she has a, a project called Land of Talk. You know what, dude? I'm not even going to give this a preface. Let's just play, play a song from uh, an a little EP of theirs. Um, I say they because she does bring in other artists or other members for this for this project. Um, this is just a little EP, and uh, according to the internet's, uh, there will be a full length album coming out shortly. So this is uh, a little EP called "Calming Night Partner." This song is called "Moment Feed." <laughs>
<laughs> that dude, the drum, the drum line and the bass line. Yeah, such I love those kind of driving, driving beats and 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 whatnot. Love her voice and too, man. She reminds vocals, me of man. uh mm. of uh, please um, tell me because I'm, I'm I'm trying to place it. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, man. I was <laughs> I, like, yes, she has a very classical. Classicals, other she has a just a a a, a timeless like rock yeah. female rock vocalist yeah. uh, voice, which is great. And uh, yeah, we've talked about this um, during our our twenty twenty one best of episodes. How uh, female led groups are just dominating indie music right now. Or at least from what I can tell, from, from from what I'm hearing and stuff like that. The majority of my favorite records from the last couple of years have been, you know, uh, female-fronted groups. Yeah, and then, you know, I think the majority of our picks for the best of 2021 were, were yeah, the same thing, female-led indie groups. So, yeah, man, um, I'm all about that. That's great. What a great song. So I'm going to read up a little bit about this EP. And again, there's a, there's a full length coming, uh, but I like this write up here. It says that strange dissociative marriage of sound and words sums up the alchemy of calming night partner. The music creates a safe harbor where painful and traumatic experiences can be safely explored. It's a familiar mood in the post COVID era. Powell is using seclusion and privacy to build up a sense of self that the outside world seems intent on destroying. And she says, we were recording in the middle of the pandemic. Everyone was struggling and all we wanted to do when we were in the studio was just be friends and be there for each other. The studio wound up being our safe house. I like the thought of that, dude. You know, being in a group and just coming together and the studio becomes like your home, your safe space, you know? Yeah, totally. So I, I can imagine that they, you know, they put a lot into these recordings and had a, a lot of fun recording it. So I'm, yeah, I'm excited, really excited to hear a full length coming up. I'm not sure exactly when it's coming out, but should be sometime this year. So again, that is uh, Elizabeth Powell and her group Land of Talk. That song was called Moment Feed. And uh, coming around the pipe, dude, it's your last song. What you got? I've got the perfect segue from that. So I even mentioned her earlier in the episode. I have been listening to the Cocktail Twins quite a bit. Oh, she's got a new uh, song coming out, didn't she? Elizabeth Fraser? Yeah. Yeah, she does, actually. Latest release, Tales from the Trash, Stratum. Well, I'm going to have to cue that up. (laughs) Yeah, I just read about that. Well... That is not what I'm bringing today, <laughs> but that's good to know. So anyway, I, I mentioned her. She she um, appeared on uh, some Massive Attack songs. I, I think I actually played one of her tracks uh, that she'd appeared on as of what you heard a long time ago. Anyway, um, but yeah, so like the Cocktail Twins, are they're kind of this iconic sort of, I don't know if they're, they, they probably have a few labels on them, but I know that, that shoegaze gets tossed around. I don't think they're really like a traditional shoegaze type of band. I think they're more dream pop, <laughs> which, as we know around here, is two sides of the same coin, right? But what makes them stand out is obviously her vocals, right? So she is known for having this like operatic, like ethereal voice. And I'm going to read this from their from one of their bios here. 
She relies less on any recognizable language than on the subjective sounds and textures of verbalized emotions. And to me, that's the best performers, vocal performers, are the ones who use their voice as an instrument, right? Oh, yeah. I love it. Where you, you can't really, I mean, Brit Daniel of Spoon, I know that's kind of a random thing, but he, he we know he does that sometimes, right? Can we just say real uh, quick, dude? Yeah. New Spoon album. Amazing. I, I, New Spoon <laughs> record is is my favorite music of theirs in a long time Same. as far as the, like their I, new music i've listened like, to it like three times all the way through already yeah, we, man. we'll have to do an episode at some point yeah i had to about just that squeeze record, that yeah. in there yeah of course yeah anyways sorry Continue. i'm glad that you that you snuck that in there too. <laughs> but anyway um so yeah i'm gonna play a well you know one of their more well-known songs but i have not like i can't get this song out of my head dude it is so good So this is from their 1990 record, Heaven or Las Vegas, and this is the title track. Here we go. been great to pick up that album when it first came out and hear this stuff like you know because i was still in the early stages of, of this sound like evolving you know yeah and maybe maybe you hadn't heard some of the earlier stuff too and like this that's your introduction to her as a vocalist you know because they had, they had put out several records prior to that and then a lot of their stuff like i i, I tuned in to a little bit of their record that came after that called four calendar cafe and it's more of the like ethereal type stuff, um, more like beautiful type 
pretty type songs. That's that's and the her cocktail vocals twins are perfect for that. Like when I think of cocktail twins, I think of like yeah. more dreamy stuff. And it's Robin Guthrie's like reverb drenched guitar stuff too, yeah. which starts showing up. And he's he's one of my favorite ambient musicians. Yeah, he does me too. a bunch of yeah, just guitar focused ambient music. His tone and his reverb, um, especially when he paired up with Harold Budd, which is this other ambient piano guy who I think passed away either last year or the year before. Anyway, some of my favorite ambient stuff. That's dude, you want to talk about an untapped and possibly not a type of genre that we could really go into for this podcast, but you and I both love some good ambient music, you know. I feel like we gotta we gotta be choi- we gotta be choosy about the kind of ambient stuff that we play for no filler at least. Yeah. But anyway. So yeah, cocktail twins. You know, if you know him, you know him, I feel like. And that's probably a, a song that you're familiar with. But um, anyway. Great, great track. Yeah, that song is called Heaven or Las Vegas. And Q, what do you got to bring us home? I'm going to close us out with a Smashing Pumpkin song. I feel like it's a, it, you know, it's a good transition from Cocktail Twins. Yeah, well, I forgot to actually bring that up. One of the things I think Doomgaze does, or at least that song that I played, it reminds me of some of early Smashing Pumpkins, I should say Billy Corgan's guitar work. Yeah. Which I always thought that I'm not alone in this, but I mean, Shoegaze has been brought up as sort of like a sound that you can hear from the early Smashing Pumpkin stuff. Absolutely. They're not a Shoegaze band at all, but I mean like his guitar, the reverb specifically and like the psychedelic type flair that some of his early stuff had for sure, you know. Yeah. Totally. evokes shoegaze right so I, th- I feel like some of the some of the doom gaze groups kind of nod back to that i feel like definitely definitely yeah so this is an album of theirs that came out right after melancholy and the infinite sadness uh the album's called adore came out in 1998 and it was a big letdown apparently to a lot of pumpkins fans because they lost the drummer jimmy chamberlain he left the group so it's got different vibes, you know? It's like not so much that classic guitar, bass, and drums rock stuff, uh, which is how Billy Corgan puts it. Uh, he says, he says, the idea was to reconfigure the focus and get away from the classic guitars, bass, drum rock. Um, and that's, you know, mainly because they lost their drummer, right? Um, but... I really, really enjoyed this album. This song I've probably listened to like thirty times in the last couple months, dude. I, I love, I love this song. I love the the lyrics. So we're gonna jump down to track eight on the record. This song is called "Apples and Oranges."
yeah, great track. Um, but I can see why, if you're if you're a Smashing Pumpkins fan, how this would throw you off a little bit, you know. Especially right after Melancholy, <laughs> totally different. Up to this point, you know, they had a little bit of grunge in them, right? Right. But grunge was over by '98 anyway, um, and you know they. This is when you know they started using like the synth pop stuff and like gothic, almost like gothic rock kind of stuff, right? Yeah, but like the the band was the group was struggling by around this time. And well, yeah, like dude, I don't know if you if you if this is what you were referring to, but Billy Corgan actually characterizes the record as being made by a band falling apart. So yeah, yeah, it's a little shaky at that point, but yeah, but you know if, Corgan's. Corgan as a vocalist, I feel like, is compelling enough to 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 carry a record almost, I, th- I think. I mean, he's got such a unique voice. There's nobody that sounds like him. And what I've always liked about him is, like, how how his his vocals, like his sour vocals, right? Yeah. I think, that, I think that's a word that I used on our Gish episode. His voice is such a good, like, contrast to, to the type of music that they make and... And I, I love the the subject of the song. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's a, a contributor, anonymous on uh, Genius.com that that puts it this way: uh, "Apples and oranges touches on the age old subject of metaphysics. Is reality what we perceive in our day to day experiences, or is there something else to it that is beyond the experience of our sense organs?" And the verse one. What if the sun refused to shine? What if the clouds refused to rain? What if what is isn't true? What are you going to (laughs) do? Like, what if everything you knew about the world was totally false? Well, yeah. You know, uh, right around the corner, dude, was the Matrix asking those same questions. (laughs) 1999 maybe man maybe the 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 writers of the matrix was oh i bet you they were fans the wachowski <laughs> sisters i'm sure they were huge is it wachowski or was what wachowski i don't Mike know wachowski? i have no idea <laughs> the whole album's great dude you know it's got these vibes you know what you know what this is man and i can't believe i'm about to bring up bush alongside smashing pumpkins but this is like uh 16 stone and then coming out with uh chemicals between us what was the name of that album science the science of things the science yeah. of things. i like that record, i love that dude. record too man. i really like that me record. too but yeah you know same thing like war machine is a great song the opening track it's a lot of great songs on that record yeah yeah maybe we should cover it dude that'd be fun that would be interesting when did that record come out came out in 99 I would want to dive into it, you know, and really see what was up. Like like the music that grunge bands put out after grunge was over, even though, yeah. you know, hey, I know, 16 Stone, a lot of people would not classify that as grunge. I hear you. But what did those bands, those rock bands that were, you know, riding on the coattails of grunge or whatever, what did they do after grunge was over? That would be a great. what Smashing Pumpkins was doing. That would be a great album to kick it off, I think. You know, we'll have to we'll have to talk about this off the mic. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. Well, there you go, Q. That I feel like that was a solid collection of what you heard's right there. Absolutely. Like that was a good some good tunage oh, for sure. It was a good yeah. At least I liked it. I don't know. I don't know if anybody else liked it, but I did. Anyway, um, so yeah. Next week we are going to talk about REM 
and their record Murmur. I have not visited this album in a long time, so I'm, I'm even more excited. There are plenty of great songs on here, so this is going to be tough to narrow it down, but I think I can do it because I, I know for a fact uh, I have a few songs that we have to play. So, yeah, I'll get the tunes picked for this for this record and cue. If you want to refrain from listening until next week, then we can get... Oh, I can do that. Sort of a hot take. Easy. But, um, yeah, so next week we're going to talk about R.E.M.'s very first record, Murmur, came out in 1983. And then, uh, I don't know where we're going to go from there, but we'll figure it out. Hey, we have a we have an outro song, don't we, Q? We, that that was provided to us do. by a listener. Uh, I'm gonna call I'm gonna call Sid a dear listener at this point. Dear, yeah, he's a dear listener. We've we've been chatting with this guy a bit. Uh, he actually shared a really awesome. I think we read we may have read this on on the show, but uh, he shared a really great My Bloody Valentine experience that he had in '92 in Houston, Texas. He saw them. Uh, play with dinosaur dinosaur jr in uh houston back in 92 but anyways he just reached out to us again with a uh a group called jupiter and aquess uh this is an afro pop band that to me is very reminiscent of that zamrock stuff that was happening in uh, mm. zambia africa back in the 70s like that psychedelic rock that found its way to Africa and then it just kind of exploded. Um, this is like the next evolution of God of that, I guess I could say, cause this is a, a brand new album. Uh, again, the group is Jupiter and Aquest and Aquest. I don't know how to say that, but it's an album came out last year called Nakazanga. And um, it's great, man. Afro pop, really good stuff. Uh, he says, first track is a banger. The whole record is killer. Um, and I reached out, asked him, hey, what's, you know, if you could pick, which one of these songs would you want to do for an outro? And he, we're going to go with the first track. So um, thank you, Sid, for reaching out and sharing sharing a track with us. This is what we're hoping for. We would love to share songs from our listeners as our outro uh, pick for our Watcher Herds. So reach out to us on Instagram. That's the easiest way to get in touch with us. At No Filler Podcast is the handle. Uh, you can also email us, nofillerpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you've been hurting. And uh, yeah, we'll share the track on our next Watcher Herd, which will be next month. Also, you can find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. That is our home and uh, home of many other great music-centered podcasts. Uh, you can f- follow the network at Pantheon Podcasts on Instagram or check us out at pantheonpodcasts.com. And as always, we would like to thank AKG for supporting the show. And yeah, that's going to do it for us today. Next week is going to be REM's Murmur. And again, we're going to fade us out with a song by Jupiter and Aquess. The song is called Telajahi. And until next time, thank you, as always, for listening. My name's Quentin. My name is Travis. Y'all take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 